Possession crucial from this. How much longer will the referee allow? Dublin lead by a point. And there's the whistle. It's over. It's over. We earned it by winning the last two matches on the road, and that's not going to be taken away from us. But what I love in Hurland, I love players that will never give in. He hits it. He hits it. It's over the bar. Hello, welcome to the RTE GA podcast. Mikey Stafford and Roy O'Neill with you, and we've been joined by Eamon Fitzmaurice to look ahead to a not so quiet weekend of football. How are you doing, Eamon? Are you fit? Are you ready for this weekend? Good. Looking forward to it, Mikey. <laughs> Very good. Uh, I've chosen this gargantuan podcast. We'll have Shane Dowling coming up later. Uh, this is my final podcast. I'm uh, taking a break from it for a while. After about, what, about five years, Rory, I'd say, is it? Say it must be at that stage, all right. Heading four, five four, years, four and a half uh, years, maybe, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm going to go focus on other projects, as people say, in instances like this, i.e. my day job. Uh, going to go do the focus a bit more on that I thought, you, might, th- I thought you were going to say you were going to take up refereeing or something there, Mikey, <laughs> which is... Uh, <laughs> I was just no, you, no. Men- you mentioned you mentioned gargantuan and I just think it's interesting, right? There's 27 intercounty fixtures over over the two days, which is at all different levels, obviously. You know, with Joe McDonough, but all they're all intercounty fixtures, so that's 27 referees, 108 match day officials, obviously then 108 umpires. You're probably talking anywhere, and I'd say let's take it on average of about 30 stewards, and that would be more certainly the bigger venue. So. They could have been, certainly the big games have anywhere between 50, 80. So you're heading towards maybe a thousand people to just to run, put the games on before you talk about admin, support staff, backroom staff, all of all of whom, by the way, are certainly nearly all of whom won't be getting a penny. Um, it's just an extraordinary undertaking what the GA are taking on uh, over the starting this weekend and uh it's it's phenomenal really and uh and that's all by the way to the backdrop of club activity hammer and tongs you know it's like there's games all over the country at that level too so i just don't know who has the time to go to any matches at the moment (laughs) there's so much stuff to try and follow but anyway yeah so um anyway uh there'll be a professional broadcaster here on monday to uh sift through the 27 matches well not all of them obviously we won't ask her to do that on the on us. yeah ja- jackie hurley will be taking over in the hot seat for the podcast the jackie hurley as in the sunday game presenter so um an upgrade i'd say modestly so uh good luck to jackie rory will be staying on i don't be putting yourself down i don't exactly <laughs> <laughs> hey i'm not presenting so nobody asked me to present the sunday game you know <laughs> not i wrote all those letters <laughs> I thought you were going in some direction to do with your super predictions that you were oh, yeah. going to. I'm setting up a bet <laughs> and tipping website. <laughs> anyway, lads, let's get into it. Um, I, I think I think we'll start with um, Ross Common v Galway, um, which does feature one team that have already been out, and I know we've a lot of teams making their bow this weekend, Eamon, but um, I think this is this is very interesting. Ross Common are obviously a team with momentum. They've downed one of their hated rivals and they have one more hated rival on the horizon now and they're welcoming them to the hide which is obviously an advantage for Roscommon Galway had a you know had a very good league they're beating all Ireland finalists um coming in with you know having got the band back together up front in terms of getting their marquee forwards back um it, it's set up to be a, a a very very good game you would think with a good seeding on on the line obviously for Sam Maguire Oh, big time, uh, Mikey. Um, 
we better be careful with how we analyse Roscommon now or Davy Burke will be given out about us. <laughs> so. Amen, amen. I fancied them to win, by the way. Yeah, no, absolutely. Oh, you're best in class, Rory, best in well, class. Well, like, I mean, you know, anyway, I suppose. But I, I, like, I, I don't know where he got the notion that people were writing them off. I thought that was a small bit of a... Kerry, man- anyway. Kerry managers never had to do that or could never do that with a straight face, but pretty much every <laughs> other inter-county team has had a manager at some point, David, I think, who has said, they're writing me off, lads, they're writing me off. So it's it's a, it's a, it's, it's a fair, it's managerial 101 for most people is, outside Kerry, I think. I'd say Davey probably sifted through everything and he found one paragraph somewhere that he, yeah, he was yeah. able to use. <clears throat> because I think in general, people were very impressed with Roscommon throughout the league. and Still are, yeah. Um, you know, their their performance against Mayo, <clears throat> I suppose what I'd be interested to see is if they can bring that level of intensity again to the to the contest the next day, it'll probably be the, cha- the challenge for them because their work rate, you know, Davey himself has mentioned a good few times about how proud they are of their defensive record, how proud they are of the way that they're shutting teams down at the back. But their work rate from their forwards against Mayo was incredible. The, the likes of Donny Smith, who possibly in a previous existence mightn't have been noted for working as hard as he did. So, um, I, I you know, they, they, they've, they've a serious thing going. We mentioned it before that during the league, some of their big wins, particularly the three wins early in the league, they came from losing positions in the second half. Their bench was hugely important. They were resilient. They were gritty. Um, so, you know, they have a lot of the ingredients now. In terms of the weekend, uh, you know, it's another step up and challenge. Again, I know Galway had a disappointing league final, but the likes of Comer is going to be three weeks further down the line. Shane Welch is going to have another three weeks of sharpening up. Um, he'll probably kick all his outside freeze with his right foot this time after <laughs> uh, his, his banished door has probably told him in the meantime to, to, to leave off the, the, the left footed 45s until they're six or seven points up. But um, yeah, it's going to be a great contest. I think it's going to be a great game. I'm, I'm up there on Sunday and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Rory, are, are Ross Common, they're, 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 <laughs> okay. They were written off by somebody, but since, <laughs> Afterward, after the match, have they gotten a bit of a raw deal? There seems to be this narrative growing that they're like, I don't know, in some way, kind of an anti-football team. Like they're, they, they, they drag teams down into the quagmire in some way, as if, you know, 90% of inter-county teams weren't doing the same thing in the league. There's this idea, like, a, a Roscommon, I don't watch them in that way. I, I think they're very, you know, they're very well drilled. As Eamon says, they've great resilience. They can come from behind and beat teams, but... I, I don't see them as being any more negative or defensive than, you know, the vast majority of the top teams. Yeah, exactly the same. Um, and, and, they, and they just play to their strengths. I, mean, I don't know what else any management of any team is expected to do. And, and part of their strengths, I think, is their ability to be aggressive, to be, to you know, to go after the big players on the opposition's team, they usually get their matchup spot on, but they have a fantastic spring and it's more than a sprinkling like in Dear, Dear McMurtis form and Ben O'Carroll and even Connor Cox coming on. Donnie Smith the last day was so busy. And as Eamon mentioned in terms of his work rate, but also, I mean, you know, to co- to ghost in at the last minute and clip off the goal, which obviously was a rebounded shot, but at the same time, you know, he right place, right time. They've got, 
good forwards. I think their problem on like I think they'll struggle on Sunday coming because I was looking at the league table last night. Galway have the low. Galway have the low scored the lowest in Division One, out with safe except Donegal. So they're not shooting the lights out, and they will be dependent upon. Um, Shane Walsh to a, to an, to an extent to try and pick up some of that burden, but equally interesting was Galway's defensive record. They are by far and away the toughest team to score against. Mm. So if Ross Common want to get into an arm wrestle and jump down into the jump down into the trenches, Galway will say, "Let's go, lads!" Because this is a Galway team that I certainly it, you know if we we saw the way they went up to Armagh. Mid midway through the league, they didn't mind, you know, eking out an ugly contest, and they've obviously got incredible players if they want to play. If if people want to go and have a game of sexy football, but I, in terms of their teakness, their their teak tough, their ability to win games in different types of ways, I think what you'll probably see is potentially two teams might look to cancel each other out as I mentioned before and then ultimately what can get cancelled is a game of football I don't necessarily see Galway going after Roscommon I think it might be slightly cagey to begin with but Galway definitely do need to get more I mean we saw Rob Finnerty really arrive and mark himself out last year on the scene he got totally snuffed out in last year's All-Ireland semi-final now that was obviously because he had Chrissy McCaig for company for the day and that could happen to a bishop like but so I, I, if they, if Galway get more and aren't so heavily reliant, because obviously they're going to pinpoint Shane Walsh as the main threat, may even be doubled up. But if Galway get more from their attack, I think they've got more strings to their bow. And I think the two-week lead in now, like there's no way Galway really can afford to go out and lose a league final and then lose the first championship match because I think it would set them back as a group and in such a big way and I fancy them to go up to the height on Sunday and win yeah Roy's point there I mean, that you know if it it's unlikely to be a shooting contest if it would it would suit Galway but um, if you do look at that Galway forward line with the addition of Shane Walsh and Damien Comer on top of Johnny Heaney and Rob Finnerty who were kind of kind of doing a lot of the the shovel work in, in the in this in the early rounds without those two lads it, you know They've added a little bit here and there, obviously as well. Um, they, they, it does seem like a kind of a, a forward line that can either win a shootout or also, if it's going to be nine eight, they'll be the lads less likely to miss that crucial chance. If that might be a slightly simplistic way of looking at it, but got as as much the laurels we've laid at the feet of the, of the Roscommon forward unit, you, you you kind of you square them up against each other, and you do kind of think Galway have that little something extra. They probably have Mikey, and I suppose Matthew Tierney was another player throughout yeah. the league who he had a massive league. And when the other kind of big guns were absent, he really stood up. And you know, in periods of games last year, he was playing centre forward, but he's playing at ten now, and it's really suiting him. And it's suiting him as a kick out option. It's suiting yeah. him coming in from that side, uh, scoring as well. And they're they they work it really well where he stays wide and he comes in hard on the loop. And he gets on the ball and he's coming in on his left and he kicks it over the bar. Peter Cook is a massive um, mm, addition. addition again this year. 
Tom O'Callaghan was kind of in and out last year. He'd injuries. He came on in the league final. He's a dangerous player as well. So they they have serious uh, depth up front all over the field. They've massive they've massive de- depth. But I think Rory's point is on the money in terms of they're very adaptable. That you know even going back to the league games again that. Um, I was above at the game in the athletic grounds, an arm wrestle, a battle where it it wasn't. I enjoyed the game, but it wasn't yeah. it wasn't an easy watch. Maybe for 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 a lot of supporters that night. But when you go into the trenches, they can do that. They're quite happy to do that. For the last regulation league game against Kerry and Tume, it, sli- it was slightly more open and slightly or, more up yeah. and down, and they were happy to play that game too. You know, and they were happy and well able to play that game too. And I think. John Daly obviously got an all-star last year, but I think he's gone on to another level again this year. And he's allowing them to play it both ways, that if they need to drop an extra body in the likes of Dylan McHugh, they can do that. But if they have to rely on John Daly just to mind the house on his own and for the rest of them to play a more attacking game, they can do that as well. So they're really adaptable and... uh, depending on what the opposition bring, they're able to change and suit themselves to that game. So uh, again, it'll be interesting. It, it will be an interesting game. And remember as well, Roscommon beat them in the league in Pierce Stadium as well, in Galway, I think it was round two, was maybe when Comer got injured. So uh, it's, it's and I think that I've always found as well with Roscommon is that if you listen to the, former Galway players or managers or the former Mayo players or managers, they're always, they really have their antennae up for them. They they worry about them. They know that they're seriously capable of putting a hole in them in Connacht. So, um, yeah, it's, 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 it should be a great battle, whatever type it, of game yeah, it was. Yeah. I mean, we were expecting Tyrone Monaghan to be a, a, a ser- you know, kind of a physical battle last weekend and it turned into a great game of football. So, um, don't Connacht be surprised. Connacht is the new Ulster, I think, Eamon. <laughs> well, last 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 year it was a high scoring game. Uh, it, it the in the Connacht final it was a mm. high scoring game between the two teams, and uh, you know the first day out today against Mayo conditions were terrible that day as well, which probably fed into that kind of um, tough intense battle. So uh, we might we might even though the weather forecast isn't great again for the no, weekend, but we bad. might we might no, have no. a serious game of football. We get nice yeah. weather during the week. That's nice for us, you know. Yeah. But um, all right. Uh, Rory, in a word, who's winning? Yeah, I just feel that Galway, I think they need to, um, like the reset button, two weeks I think is nearly ideal just to digest the and park the league final and having that match coming. three weeks, isn't it? Is it three weekends? Yeah, possibly the last Cameron haven't played for two weeks, so it has to be. Oh, three that's weeks. right. Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah. sorry, that's it, Chad. I had yeah. That. yeah, apologies. It is three weeks. You're right, and I was thinking that's actually perfect. So, like, yeah, I think the three week break will definitely help them. And I just think that look, I just think pound for pound they're better, and I think Galway are genuine all Ireland contenders, and I just don't think Ross Common are, and I think that like Galway to win. Oh, you're in trouble now. I know, I know, that. I know, I'm I know. But that's Eamon, just, yeah. Eamon, come on now. Mayo beat Galway in, or sorry, yeah, no, the, the the form lines don't say it should be that straightforward, surely, Eamon, no? If you were like, the, what you need now to come up on your screen is, you know, when all the X's and the Y's start flying around the screen, Mikey, you're yeah, the yeah, only yeah. man for all that kind Beautiful of stuff. Line. 
the farm <laughs> lines and, and and everything else. But no, I'm with Rory. Apologies to Davy and Rasko. We're we're not we're not writing you off. We know it's no. going to be that if if Galway are to win, they're going to have to seriously earn this. But uh, yeah, yeah, I, I think just, it'll be tight. Yeah, yeah, I think I think Galway their their squad is so deep and they're you know they're they're a bit further down the road on their journey than possibly Roscommon are. Yeah. Just to be contrarian, I won't have to answer for it next week. And it was uh, Ross Common, you're going to win, Davey. You're going to win. Don't tell the players I said that, though. It won't help fuel them. Um, the other the other Connacht uh, semi-final, then, is it's very novel, Eamon. It's um, Saturday afternoon. It's on it's on GA Go. And let's be honest, it probably wouldn't have been on GA Go if Leitrim had beat New York. But New York had beaten <laughs> New York beat Leitrim, their first ever Connacht championship win. So they're traveling to Markovich Park to play a Sligo team who... Now, the seniors are a pretty self-contained unit, I think, but they will be buoyed by the fact that their under-20s are after going back-to-back. And I believe the first Sligo team to ever win back-to-back Connacht Championships at any grade. So Sligo football will feel it is on the rise, and it is on the rise. You know, they're rising a division in the league. Um, They couldn't countenance, you know, allowing New York a second championship win and a historic first one on Irish soil, could they? You would think not, Mikey. Um you know the and it is massive achievement for those Sligo under twenties. They beat Mayo on the way to the final as well, didn't mm. they? They yeah. beat Roscommon, Mayo, and Galway all the way from home. That's amazing. Yeah, that's, that's some championship to win, no aiming like. That's massive. Yeah, that's massive. And you, I heard Des mentioning that on the on the half seven bulletin as well this morning, Mikey. Yeah, that it was the first Sligo team ever to win back to back championships. So it's a, a huge achievement, and it will. Absolutely, bring energy probably to the county and the supporters more more so than the the senior squad themselves because they'll be very zoned in on their own job. But um, look, Sligo Sligo have been impressive and they've got promoted out of Division Four and they've been doing everything that they've needed to do all throughout the season so far. But they're going to be seriously on guard for for New York. I think for New York, probably the things that are challenging for them this time is that. I'd say there was good celebrations. Number one, after after their win in uh, uh, in New York a couple of weeks ago, and the whole that they're traveling this time, and all of that is probably going to be a factor. But also, they have a game under their belt now, and they have some serious players. And you know that they have the the American born lads, but they have some serious players that have good experience of championship at at the side of the Atlantic as well. So. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a serious battle again. I, I, I genuinely, I genuinely <laughs> so, think New York are going to really put it up to Sligo. So, so what you're saying, Eamon, is you've got very nervous accountants in Croke Park on Saturday <laughs> afternoon. Oh, my God. Have you, yeah. seen, have you seen the figures being quoted if they managed no. to win this game? Yeah, it's like the column keys reckons it's half a million. Oh, yeah, that, that, would, that, would, seem, that, would, that would seem almost conservative to me. Flying... 30-odd people back and forth for it'll three be matches? More than, it'll be more than 30. It'll be, yeah. it'll be 40 people, I'd say, yeah. Jesus, that is... Um, yeah, yeah I, I, I think that's going to be serious battle again, Mikey. Uh, yeah. Look, in fairness to Sligo, like I said, they've they've answered all the questions that have been asked of them so far yeah, this yeah. year, and they, they have been very impressive. But... Uh, I think New York are really going to test their pulse. Well, I, I think New York... So we kind of get caught up in kind of the the romantic side of it and the kind of the idea of what it used to be. Um, but the way it is, like, you just look at that team. Like, like you, 
like you could argue that there might have been like a, a, a combined New York Leitrim eleven or fifteen, sorry, before the match, before the result was even came in, you could probably say it would have been a very close thing, or even head from you like oh, Kieran, Johnny Glynn, Mark Ellis, Adrian Barley, Shane Carty, Peter Fox. These like these guys are Rory are like some of them are like seasoned, seasoned intercounty footballers with experience of big matches in big venues. So Markovic Park isn't. Like for some of the lads, like in fairness to New York born lads, it, like Markovic Park might seem is going to seem like something out of this world. You'd imagine not for its size or anything, but just for the sheer difference to anything they've been in before. But for a lot of their teammates, Markovic Park is Markovic Park. Yeah, and I think there is. I know the game was live on GA Go, and I know that um, it was obviously available for anybody to watch and see. And I'm sure Tony McEntee will have poured over it and done his homework. There, but there is still an element of the unknown with them. Mm. You, you, you only have one match to go on, so you don't necessarily know what kind of patterns are at play here, or what you know who's the really key players that we need to be kind of snuffing out. Now, look, he'll have his ideas, and obviously Shane Carthy was outstanding the last day, but. Like that's not to say someone else could crop up that they mightn't have ever even heard of or thought of, and I think that element of unknown has a uh, does add a small little bit of spice to it from a Sligo perspective. But I just think the wings, the wind, the winds of momentum in behind Sligo football at the minute for them to uh, has Eamon just mentioned uh, to get promotion out of Division Four given what's gone on with the under-20s, given what's gone on. They won a Connacht uh, schools as well, obviously, as we know, through Summerhill. This, it, like, and sometimes those underage successes, and I know you mentioned earlier that they can be self-contained units at senior level, but sometimes that spurs adult teams on mm-hmm. and to actually say, hang on a second, we're the, we're the flagship team in this county here now. So we now need to go out and do our bit. And could I see them slipping up at home to New York on Saturday in Markovic Park? No. Only two years since they didn't have a championship, or three years since they didn't have a championship game at all. So I go remember that during COVID. Yeah. Uh, just yeah. by a quirk yeah. of fate. Uh, Eamon, you're giving New York a shot. Are, are they your are tip? Or do you think Sligo will, will get through? I'm giving them a shot. My And to, to back up the point that Rory was making, they're about players that you might know. Rob Wharton, that's centre back for for New York. He's he's a serious player. He's from Renard in Kerry. Um, my last year in charge in 2018, we we actually invited him into the squad, but he he got some kind. Did he dislocate his shoulder? Or something happened to him in that winter, and he didn't actually end up coming in with us at all afterwards. But what um, club was he in? What club was he in? Renard, he'd be the same Renard. club as oh, Killian yeah, yeah, yeah. Young, alone South Kerry. South Kerry, yeah. I, I, I saw him playing a couple of games in Kerry last year, and he was he was outstanding. He, he's a bit of a rugby background as well. Uh, he's he's a serious player. Uh, so you know the kind of the Johnny Glens, the Owen McAvoy's, the, the Mark Ellis's, you know, the Shane Carty's, uh, Adrian Varley. We kind of know them, but there's plenty of other fellas like that then that... The wider yeah. public might know. Um, am I, I Tony Mack might know. <laughs> yeah, he probably does. He probably, uh, he probably does. does. Fairness, uh, yeah. Who 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 am I going for? I um, Sligo barely, Mikey. I'm giving them the kiss of death, but it wouldn't. It would not shock me if New York won. To be honest. Fair enough. I I I 
I ha- I haven't got enough romance in me to back New York this time. I I think so. Like I and to be honest with you, Sligo making a, a kind of final and getting into Sam Maguire in the first year of the uh, the new system, there is a bit of romance to that as well. Let's be honest on what's going on in Sligo football. Um, let's move on to Munster. Uh, a there's a there's a game to decide which t- there's a there's a Sam Maguire playoff going on in the semi final between Limerick and Clare. And also we get to see the bow of the uh, reigning All-Ireland champions. Um, Eamon, I was interested to read Daryl Shea's column in the Irish Times yesterday. Um, he's, he's, he he erred his way 11,000 words to say Dublin are absolutely favourites for the All-Ireland, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, but he did make a couple of fair points about Kerry. And one was, you know, whereas Dublin have added a few significant players, mostly old faces returning, um, you know, he kind of feels that Kerry, you know, if anything, in Moran, they've kind of lost, you know, a significant player and not really added anybody new. Would you agree with that? Or do you think the squad has been bolstered since last year? I must read the text from Darren now to see what the party line is there. Um, <laughs> um, no, uh, no, no. I'm was, there, was there not a conclave first before you came out this uh, weekend to carry all the carry media? No, that's isn't that normally what happens? Amy? If you get this wrong, you're going to be consigned to the blaskets for the weekend. We're waiting for the group stages, Rory. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Um, no, yeah. Look, I, I absolutely can see what the the point Dara's making there. The only thing I'd say is that what I felt after the league was that. A, a share of players got a lot of exposure, the likes of Barry Sullivan in the middle of the field, mm. Tony Brosnan, um, who else now? Darrell Roach got Darryl, some Darryl Roach, um, uh, Don, Don Lo Sullivan. Uh, I think Darrell Roach is out, all right, for a while. Don yeah. Sullivan, Stefano Cunbar, until he got that in. A good bit of exposure. And while, uh, you know, I think Barry O'Sullivan and Don Sullivan in particular, uh, and Tony maybe in some of the games as well, they did quite well. I think it's from now on we'll see the benefit of that league campaign to them maybe. So, I, you know, I think some of them are a couple of steps further down the road maybe than they were this time last year. And, you know, it was a kind of a disjointed league for Kerry. There was bodies coming and going. They were laid back. Uh, you know, they had a couple of they had the losses on the road. So it was basically about surviving in Division 1 and then getting to this point and having the squad ready to go. So I, I think I think Kerry will be happy out, to be honest, Mikey. And I think um, while they mightn't have added many players, they've certainly got experience into more players. And uh, hopefully that will stand to them as, as as the season goes on. Yeah, it's new new system, Rory, kind of same, same structure in a way for Kerry, you know, they get this far and everybody knows they're, you know, we get to the start of the championship, everybody knows they're contenders and they're one of the best teams in the country, but nobody expects to see anything close to their full hand until they get out of Munster. And now with the round robin stage, you could say they could have another two games where maybe they won't have to be at their, you know, at their peak. So, you know, it, it is, it's the same old carry, isn't it? Like we know they're good, but we won't have any idea how good they are for quite a while. Yeah, but they, they, they... I still think you could say that about a lot of teams. I mean, what? How, do, how does everybody feel about Tyrone right now? Does anyone really know where they are, what they're at? And we often hear, and particularly coming out of Tyrone, by the way, uh, how easy Kerry have it and how hard it is for Tyrone. Well, newsflash, Tyrone will have a handier run 
to the All-Ireland series than Kerry will this year because Kerry will probably have to play at least two matches in Munster, whereas Tyrone now were sat up at the feet. And then when the All-Ireland series starts, everybody starts at the same starting line now for the first time ever. So those kind of whinges and moans about how easy Kerry have had it, to my mind, are put to bed with this new system by and large, I think, in terms of the weekend and what we're going to see from them. Look, David Clifford is playing. I mean, what more do people want in the Gaelic football sense than to watch David Clifford in action? And I actually think to a certain extent that it shows a huge maturity. I've watched a couple of their games back over the last couple of weeks. And I don't know if he really overextended himself too much during the league, but I think that to me shows a smart. Jesus, he has to rest at some stage during exactly. his 13 month season. But I, but I think that's that that to me shows a maturity in his play. Like David Clifford is probably saying to himself, and this is me just guessing now, do I really need to be going around here having fellas punching seven shades of you know what out of me? When what will I ultimately be judged on, and when do I have to deliver for Kerry? I have to deliver in the middle of the summer in the middle of championship when the fat is in the fryer and he will do that. And I think we'll, we no, we might necessarily see it this weekend because look, in fairness, Tipperary's graph is trending in the wrong direction and relegation back down to division four. And it will be a very, very comfortable win for Kerry, but it's, they're still Kerry or Kerry. They're still interesting. There's always a story around them and people will be curious to see, you know, what kind of a team he puts out, what the solution potentially at midfield is in the short, medium and long term. And um, yeah, and I'd say, yeah, I think it'll be, um, look, it'll be a comfortable win, but still plenty to chew over. Yeah, the, Eamon, there's, there's no question about, about a win. And that, that's almost a quirk of fate, to be fair, because two, three years ago, Tipperary in a Munster semi final would have been deemed the toughest the toughest match that they could have got and Tipperary have uh, slid down the rankings somewhat you know kind of quite alarming obviously a golden generation of players have aged and moved on mostly you know or, or you know they're just not available at the moment um but like you know in 2020-21 this would have been a this would have been a, a real tricky poser for Kerry you know you wouldn't have even had to yera about it it would have been but now it, it isn't that it, it's kind of it's it's a shame isn't it because we talk a lot about how Munster needs strong teams. Every province needs strong teams. And Tipperary were the second strongest team in Munster for quite a few years. And Jesus, you can make an argument now that they're only stronger than Waterford. Yeah. And like, I suppose the, the Munster Championship always did get that kind of, um, it was looked down upon. But to be fair, Tipperary, Clare and Cork were all kind of of a similar standard there for a while, which was a decent standard. And they actually do quite well in a lot of provinces, but because they were coming up against Kerry year in, year out, they weren't able to make maybe a bit of progress. I think with Clare, we probably, I think we played Clare nearly every season there for a while in in, a Munster, in Munster semi-finals and they never got to go to the other side of the draw and possibly make a Munster final. But um, <clears throat> yeah, no, Tipperary, like look, Bill Maher is another fella that is is lining out with New York rather than Tipperary this weekend, and he's a good player. Uh, and Gleeson gone for the season with an injury. Michael Quinlivan traveling like they've lost key players, haven't they, Eamon? They have big time, big yeah. time, and they they were they were they were a good team. We played them in a Munster final in twenty sixteen, and they were, you know, they got to an All Ireland. Did they get to the All Ireland semi final that year? Yeah, yeah. They, was it that year? Uh, they did uh, make yeah. a semi one year, yeah. yeah, yeah, and they got to an All Ireland twice. They got to two All Ireland semi finals. 
Yeah. They got to the COVID, the COVID semifinal. Yeah. Oh, of course, and it did, 2016. Yeah. yeah, too. In, tw- in 2020, they were in the semifinal as well, obviously. So, you know, they won the Munster Championship only that to three years ago. So, it, it is a kind of an alarming drop in the meantime. But for this weekend, I've like I, Kerry are going to win, but within the Kerry camp, they're going to be very focused and they're going to give Tipperary 100% respect and 100% of their attention. And that's the way we always approach those games. And regardless of the opposition or even the team winning, you're thinking about your own spot and where you are in the pecking order as an individual player, that if you're getting 1-15 to jersey, well, you have to hold on to it because you know there's at least one, if not two or three fellas looking for that jersey. And if you don't deliver and they come on with... 20 minutes to go and suddenly they're in the in the in the back seat for the next game and you could end up sitting down for a couple of games so Kerry will be very motivated this weekend uh Mikey and I imagine you know after the league which was was so disjointed be anxious now to get up and running and to start going going in the right direction can I ask you something just there about that internal kind of um you know you're you're kind of kind of how how you drive yourselves because um we and how how that carries on afterwards because obviously you go in saying no never mind Tipperary's league position there you know th- this is going to be a tough match we have to drive ourselves on you want to keep your jersey I'm just wondering how long that lasts after a game are you kind of almost brainwashed I'm, I'm not asking this bit of carry but it came up the other day uh in a, in a women's rugby respect because there was an there was an England player interviewed ahead of their match um against Ireland and she was talking about the match against Wales uh, we were really pleased with the win in Wales in what was a difficult game. Our defence was outstanding. They won 59-3. And the England women's rugby team are like, they're a machine. They're, machine. Un- they're pretty much unbeatable. But like, it can't have been a difficult game. He won 59-3. But like, it's, and I don't think she said it out of like, she tried to be polite. I just, I'm wondering just a little bit about the mindset where like, you say a game's going to be difficult beforehand. You just kind of almost brainwash yourself into thinking it's a difficult game. And even if Kerry win 5-24 to three points on at the weekend, it'll still be like, no, it's a difficult game. It's a difficult game. Do you just kind of lock into a mindset in that respect? Um, I, I don't know. I think after the game, you, you'd always be honest if you felt that it was maybe a bit easier than um, you you expected before. And certainly beforehand, you're going to be ready for a challenge and you're going to be, um, you know, expecting the opposition to be bringing everything and that you have to be at your best as an individual and as a team to win. If you win pulling up, then you're probably a bit disappointed afterwards because you want to be challenged Mm. and you want the group to be challenged and to be tested. Even if you win comfortably and, you know, individuals have been tested, you know, maybe maybe that player that was talking had a tough day out. Yeah, 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 she maybe. didn't play as well as as she as she normally can play because, you know, we we always you say it ourselves. In backs in particular, the opposition will always have one fella who one forward who'd play well, and you don't want to be you don't want to be the back who's getting the roasting. I remember we played Kilkenny in the league one time. We were in Division Two, and it was kind of the two A two B, and uh, I won't say who it was, but. Uh, one of the lads got a bit of a roasting above him, Kilkenny, and he's still living it down. So <laughs> you, don't, you don't want to be that fella. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. But one Kilkenny lad was going to bring his heart out with him, was he? Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, no offense. He was good. To the no, he was good. He was a good player. It was probably right. Henry Shefflin, was it? <laughs> <laughs> um, the other semi Rory is um, now form lines again would say. I know they're the two teams relegated from Division Two, but 
Clare's relegation was of a slightly different colour. And, you know, they beat Limerick 218 to nine points in what was a depressing dead rubber at the end of the league. But at the same time, you only have to go back 12 months to yeah. Limerick beating Clare in Ennis in a dramatic penalty shootout. So um, yeah. it's it's not a foregone conclusion for Colin Collins' team by any means. Definitely not. But at the same time, if they were after doing, well, what they would might consider the hard work by taking Cork out of the Munster Championship and then go and blow it. That's kind of something that Cork usually do uh, as, a, <laughs> as, as, as opposed to Clare. So I think, the, uh, plus I think the the the, the last last year on penalties, I think that'll definitely stick in, stick in their craw. We won't, don't necessarily, I, I don't think there'll be an element of complacency, but there will be pressure to a degree, believe it or not, I do think on Limerick to a small extent in that, like when you have a manager eviction mid-season, generally there is a bounce off it. We didn't really see it towards the back end of the league. Their their performances did improve. They were still relegated. Obviously, it's it was um, a difficult division for them and a difficult campaign. So... I suppose if we are going to see anything from Limerick this season, because look, the reality is if they're beating their head into the Talchin Cup and you won't see it, you won't see it because there's a hundred million matches every weekend. The Talchin Cup will disappear out of sight completely. But if we are going to see anything on a certain, in any way, sense of a, on a national sense, it's probably got to happen this weekend. And, um, but I just think Claire, uh, I, again, to go back to under twenties, I was watching under twenties the other night, um, and just the way they're coached again, like they were very, very unlucky actually not to beat Kerry Blanchley. And um, this stupid rule where if a fella gets sent off and you can replace a guy straight away, and he was a key player for Kerry as well. So, uh, but look, in the end, I just yeah. thought like there was a good, another good crop of young Clare footballers, well conditioned, well coached, really good attitude, given everything for the jersey. And um, I think just Clare football w- once again. Um, is is you know is looking to kind of go full circle, and I think um, they should win. You know they need to win, and they should. Okay, time time is actually running against us. We knew this was going to happen. I know. Oh, yeah, really, Amy needs to get going soon enough. So we'll we'll quickly fly through the other games. Um, predictions, if nothing else, Kevin Armagh has been one circled in on the diary. I think Eamon since kind of the new structure was kind of drawn up and it was like, you know, everybody thought if there's one team trapped in Talton Cup that are probably a Sam Maguire team, it's Cavan. And they did nothing to disprove that theory during the league. Armagh, the golden children of last year's championship, great to watch, have somewhat regressed. It has to be said, there's no denying that, like the league table doesn't lie. So this this is a closer game than maybe even we thought it would be when we got excited about it at the start of the year. Big time, yeah, uh, Mikey. Um, look, I think the advantage maybe that Armagh have is that they have a game under their belt. And, uh, you know, for the likes of Conor Turbot to play as well as he did the, la- the last day out against Antrim, I think that's a great thing for, for Armagh to have this, <clears throat> maybe this perception of the over-reliance on the likes of Rian O'Neill. Um, Conor Turbot has been used, you know, a good bit as an impact sub, but after the way he performed the last day, he's going to have to start and it might give their attack a small bit more variety and not that over-dependence on, on Rian O'Neill. Um, for Kevin, I know, uh, talking to a couple of people within Kevin, they're quite confident about the the, the weekend, the <clears throat> the supporters themselves, that they they really fancy us and that they feel they're going well. And again, from the league, that they have great momentum from the league, that they, they're both 
they're two Division Two teams now, and Kavanagh are getting closer to where you know where you'd expect them to be, Division Two, Division One team. Um, so it's going to be it's going to be another great game this weekend. Um, in terms of who's going to win it, I I I don't yeah. know. I genuinely yeah. don't know. No, um, I'll forgive you. That's one name who I won't even press you for a winner. That that that's Rory. It's a toss up, isn't it? This one. We'll never clue either. Like, not genuinely, not a clue. Um, I just like Armagh haven't beaten Cavan in the championship since 2014. You go back nine years, they've met three times in that intervening period, and Cavan win every time. They're at home, they're leveling out, I would suggest, maybe in terms of league football. Obviously, championship football is very different, but Cavan have no hang ups about playing Armagh whatsoever, and I think they'll relish this. But it's a very, very hard one to call. I mean, it would be. Be a tough, tough pill to swallow now for our match. Well, or would it? I mean, we just don't know. But I, this game, impossible to call. Wouldn't have an absolute clue. Um, oh, they don't start fighting. Do, do you remember a couple of years ago, actually, when there was a they 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 started boxing the heads off each other in the parade? A fight in an Armagh game. <laughs> do you remember that? They were, so they were they were lining <laughs> well, that was up. Them. Yeah, yeah, I do. They were lining that, yeah. up in the parade, and I think it was either Cavan or Armagh. I can't remember which who, <laughs> but stood behind the wrong flag. And then next thing, they got kicked off. There was there was an art. No, I don't think it was the Artane band, but it was a kind of a kids band. Was there? You seen it turn around? It's about twenty lads boxing the heads off each other. So, uh, oh, I hope they have the flags in the right place. This yes, time. yeah. Well, if, if we're to believe anything, the uh, Ulster Championship doesn't have that same fire and brimstone yeah. to it anymore. Ah, they love, and they love a parade. They do. Yeah. Um, down Donegal. Briefly, Eamon, um, again, a match that... Now, this one might have a different perspective from what the start of the league as well. You know, down after a terrible 2022 where nothing went right, our resurgent and Donegal are living down's 2022 nightmare this year, aren't they? It's uh, it's very hard to make a case for Donegal doing anything at the moment unless pride, uh, you know, is can be as powerful a motivator as you hope because they're just losing players left, right and centre to injury, retirement, travel. It's crazy. It is. It's crazy, Mikey. And look, if you're looking at the momentum graphs, you're definitely saying that Down are going to win this one. But I just have, I, I don't know, obviously, when you don't know what's going on inside the Donegal camp. I think you mentioned it there, the word pride and pride in themselves, first of all, as individuals and pride in their county. Uh, they were they had scheduled um, <clears throat> a training camp, I think, in Carton House. Um, uh, you know, after the the league far championship that that went ahead, and if they've circled the wagons there, which can often ha- happen in those camps, and if they they've developed the good old, uh, never goes out of fashion siege mentality, and they're bringing that and a bit of pride, they could be dangerous because they like, yeah, absolutely, they've lost players, but they still have a, a, an awful lot of very good players, and no more than what Rory mentioned about Limerick that. When, when a man, manager is turfed out in the middle of the season, there's a pressure on the players to perform and to unite and to show something. Um, otherwise, it's just going to be a complete write-off of the season. So I, I'm actually expecting a reaction from Donegal this weekend. I just say, I still think there's a lot of talent there. Um, you know, Aidan O'Rourke has been around the block. He's an experienced coach. He's a good operator. And if they if they can pull together, they can still they can still cause problems for teams. You know, I know it's probably going against everything that's gone so far in twenty twenty three. But I I just think that if Donegal have united to the level that they they should be uniting, um, they could be they could be dangerous. Yeah. Um. Briefly, then on the Leinster Championship, Roy, and I think I think playing the four quarter finals 
on the same afternoon is a nice idea. It like it, it adds a layer of excitement to it. And when you actually look at the fixtures, it just adds to the argument that take Dublin out of the Leinster Championship and it would probably be the best Brilliant. best provincial oh. championship. Like Westmead Loud, Loud should win it. Westmead by no means a write off. Kildare v Wicklow. Kildare are the better team, but Wicklow are the form team, you would say. Leash v Dublin, you know, it's hard to make a case for that being being much of a contest. But then Offaly v Mead is that's a really interesting one as well, isn't it? There's like there's three really hard to call matches there, I would argue. There's a very even standard. There's always been a very even standard in Leinster, Dublin aside. And I suppose that's, you know, the nature of the new system probably alleviates that pressure point and the focus that was on how the the paucity of the Leinster Championship to a degree. And I think that's probably one of the driving factors behind why John Horn adob brought it in in the first place because that was one of the major gripes every year you know was how easy Dublin were having it and how bad it is to see teams getting these kinds of pastings which is probably what's going to happen to Leash uh, no, with all due respect which usually means no respect on the, on Saturday but the other games are the other, like look you'd expect Kildare to beat Wicklow I mean Westmead against Louth I'm not saying I know I know I'm a, 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 a native son now. I don't think I don't think Kildare Wicklow is a, a foregone conclusion by no, any means. No, no, no. And like Westmead against Louth, um, that game is in Navan. Like Louth, that's nearly a home venue to a certain extent for Louth at the minute. Now, obviously, they played all the matches in RD, but you know, I, I like oh, all these games would be very, very interesting. Leash Dublin aside, really interesting matches. But how much comment? How much focus? How much attention? I know it's a book there, bear. There's we only one bear. being shown live on GA Go as well, and that's the one that we don't think is actually going to be a contest. A contest, Eamon, yeah. Do you who do you think is going to come out of these four? I mean, I won't ask for much analysis. Just kind of throw to throw a pin at the wall there and see who. Uh, we're, we're, we'll take it that you think Leash are going to overcome Dublin, and then after that, who's going to win? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no, that wouldn't come in with Darren's <laughs> column at all. No, Dublin are going no, to win. No, it wouldn't, no, no. Um, so Dub Dublin will win there. I like I. They're all very interesting games, but I think the 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 jeopardy that's in the um Offaly meet game is is huge. It makes it an absolutely huge game for 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 both counties, but especially for meet and 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 for for Colmore's project. You, you know, like if they lose this, they're definitely in the Talton Cup, aren't they? Who meet? Yeah. I think because so. Because yes. they're they're the they're the sixth ranked team in Division Two. Oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. um Claire because Limerick, of Claire, Limerick, Claire beating Cork Claire Claire Limerick, Meath were yeah. 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 I think you're right. So yeah. so that's an absolutely massive game for Meath that um you know they need to get to the Leinster final now to guarantee their, their Sam Maguire status. So it's a it's it's a huge game for them and uh you you know O'Connor Park in Tullamore, it's going to be a sticky one. It'll be a hard one for them to get to get over. So that's a very interesting game. I think Louth Westmeat, um, Louth are going very well. West they're shutting it down at the back. Westmeat are scoring scoring a ball of goal. So whichever one of those <laughs> elements win, you're saying is gonna is gonna win there. Yeah. And uh, Kildare should be beating Wicklow, but again, you know, going with the farm lines, Wicklow are going to seriously put it up to them. So. There are some great games there as well. Yeah, that's it. Leinster Championship, that's where it's at. Um, Eamon, thank you very much. Um, we'll let you go. Um, myself and Rory will be back in a moment and we will be talking to Shane Downing about the start of the All-Ireland Hurling Championship. 
Shane Dowling has joined us. Look ahead to the start of the Munster and Leinster Hurling Championships. How are you, Shane? Morning, Mikey. Very good. It's a relief, Shane. All the all the all the shadow boxing, all the uh, pretend hurling matches that we've supposedly been watching for the last couple of months. We get down to down to the real business now, huh? Yeah, I'd say there's been no supposedly watching. That's what we were watching, <laughs> is a bit of shadow boxing. Like, uh, so listen. Anyway, the, everything is pushed back to one side now, and the league is firmly to the back of everybody's memories. And uh, should listen, the solid system is going for the weekend. And I know, listen, there's many people will will talk about. You know, is it starting too early and all that goes with it? And it's a huge conversation in itself. But at the same time, uh, it's upon us now, and it's something that uh, everybody can look forward to. And I won't say shorten the winter because obviously we're going into a different uh, time of the year. But at the same time, the weather hasn't been fantastic. So it's uh, listen. I think it's going to bring everybody's moods up anyway. Uh, give us just an idea from a player's point of view, Shane. What 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 it's like within a camp between league and championship, and kind of. Any little differences you'd notice? I'm guessing the intensity in training, as high as it might be for the league, probably goes up. Do the A versus B games have an extra edge? Is the ma- you know is the manager more on edge? Is he more? Is he asking more of people? Like, or is it very player driven? Just like, is it, I'm guessing it's a noticeable change in atmosphere from your last league game to your first championship game. I'm just wondering, is there any way you could kind of put your finger on it? I think it probably depends what county you're in, uh, where 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 you're where you're looking at going and how long you've been out of the league. I mean, if you were to take either Limerick or Kilkenny, I mean they haven't had much turnaround time. So if they're looking at increasing their training sessions or their intensity in a two week block, well then I, they they could left. You know, I want to say behind. I don't imagine Limerick will be left behind. But I mean, you can't just turn it on in two weeks' time, right? So I would imagine they would have been at a fairly high level coming up to the league final. Whereas you look at the water for them, we're maybe off for a month or whatever, we're able to go away for a week, probably you know, um, have a bit of a meet and park the league, and then and then say right now it's time to really go at it. Whereas as I said, Limerick and Kilkenny wouldn't have the luxury for that. So some teams would have started to build up earlier. Uh, i.e. a Limerick or Kilkenny because uh, they had no choice but to get to that level of intensity for a league final whereas other teams were maybe just slowly getting there but I think once you come to three or four weeks out from Championship Mikey everybody notices the, the weather generally gets better the ground gets harder and uh, as you said their manager will probably be under a bit more pressure and a bit more animated Yeah, would there be more nerves you know, on an individual basis you know, kind of the bus ride to a championship match than the last league match. Like, is it just it, the atmosphere changes? I'm presuming, does it? It does. And I can I speak from my own experience there. I suppose when you know you the game inside in the the Gaelic grounds. You know, I drive down the Ennis Road past the Woodfield and the, you know down down long and uh, there'd be crowds on top of the road, guard escorts. It's it's championship time. No matter whether it's April or whether it's June, nobody when you're a player in that moment, you don't actually know what month it is. You just know it's most of championship. And or or I can only speak from from that side, but I'd imagine obviously uh, the Leinster championship is the same. So uh, no, there's a big difference. Yeah. Okay. Look, we will get on to the games, Rory. Um, Waterford v Limerick is kind of the the first of the Munster games obviously on Sunday we'll get on to the Leinster games that are being played on Saturday and we'll discuss those afterwards but Waterford Limerick 2 o'clock live on RTE 2 um, Waterford have no home advantage which has been a problem for, for a couple of years so this has been played in Semple Stadium which um, you listen to any manager or any player in Munster, there's not a county that doesn't like playing in Semple Stadium. So it's no great disadvantage. But at the same time, Waterford might want it to have, you know, made things a little less comfortable for Limerick and, and bring them down, bring them down to, to if they could have. But it's it's not to be, you know, work continues yeah. in Walt Park. But uh, Waterford's record since the round Robin came in is 
appalling. Oh. Um, I don't know. Have they one win? They've one win as far as I remember. Yeah. So has Walsh Park in that time played a significant role? You could probably say it hasn't. And if you go back through the history and traditions of Waterford hurling, a lot of their, I suppose, landmark victories have usually come in Semple Stadium. So I don't necessarily see the ground playing too much of a factor, bar the fact that it might affect the support element if it was played in Walsh Park. They'd probably have a bit more of a vocal home support, which might make a, a small little bit of a percentage of a difference. But I think, look, going up to Semple Stadium and taking on Limerick in some ways, from a Waterford perspective, it's nearly the perfect match because nobody really gives them a chance. And I mean, that's kind of an unusual situation for Waterford Hurling to be going in. They're not expected to win the game. They've been kind of a bit of a mystery to me. And I don't know whether Shane would agree. I I don't know what to make of them. I don't really know what was going on during the league campaign. There was obviously some selection and personnel issues. There were some injuries. There's all the stuff about Desi Hutchinson and where he should play. Um, we know that Austin Gleeson is potentially in trouble for Sunday, but they'll have a good few of their main mainstays back, and they've found a couple of players in the league as well. I'm very impressed with the lad. Is it Patrick or Podrick Fitzgerald up at, uh, in the fall? Patrick, isn't it, Shane? Yeah, mm. very impressed with him. So I'd imagine he's probably going to start and possibly in a two-man full forward line with Desi, and then I'd say it'll be all hands to the pump out around the middle to try and. I don't think keep the score down. I think it's probably to try and make the game a bit more of a war of attrition and make it more competitive. But sure, Limerick could be grand with that. Yeah. Um, they had, they've had a week abroad, Shane Watford, which from talking to, to Shane McGrath here, he's just talking about just the huge amount of work you can get done in a week abroad. And and that that's important for Davy because I think a lot of people might realise it's a long time since Davy was in Watford and actually Porrick Mahoney was the last link to, he would have been the last player who played under Davy and he retired this year. So not that he hasn't been short of opportunities to kind of instill his tactics and philosophy on the players, but a week in Portugal, he could do a hell of a lot more of that. So there's there's no doubt that Waterford will be more attuned and I'm sure they've kind of, to what Davy's thinking and they'll have it better drilled for championship you'd have to expect yeah funny i, I met a, a fairly well-known prominent waterford figure recently who i won him and he said just chatting away and he said uh he said i'm telling you boy he says you know i hear Waterford flying over in portugal so what you mean oh he said i heard it you know that they had real open conversations and they told everyone bloody bloody blah well i said i can tell you one thing for sure i said if Waterford had a fantastic time in Portugal, I said, you wouldn't know about it. And the fact that you do know about it tells you they didn't have a fantastic time because you should be hearing nothing from what happened over there. Uh, so, and, and you know, I think, you know, if they did have a great time, well, well, that's great for them, but nobody should know about it. Uh, so whether that's whether that was the case or not, who, who knows? But as you said, they were away for a week uh, and they should definitely come back more, more aligned to what's going on. I do think, Mikey, I'm going to throw it out there that this could be the maddest game of Ireland that we've ever witnessed. Uh, I, I think 
uh, every sort of way, right? Because like I was scrolling through TikTok last night, right? And I saw a goal that John Carroll got, uh, Tipperary versus Wexford in 2001 or something. And it was like, you know, uh, Waterford or Wexford defender got the ball, fired it up the field, caught fired. It was like, it was just like table tennis over and back for about a minute until eventually John Carroll got the ball, ran in and kicked it into the net, right? Uh, my point is that th- that was the game of Ireland back then. It's definitely changed, and there'll be a lot of uh, talk about that, right? But I think this is going to go at the whole new level. Because in fairness to Davey, right, if he's nothing else, he's an extremely deep thinker about the game. And there's been so much talk about, you know, Barry Nash getting up the field, and do you leave, how many people do you leave inside, and do you put a man market, et cetera, et cetera, right? So he's definitely going to come up with something. I don't know what it is. I don't think yeah, anyone No one knows. <laughs> but I'll tell you one thing. I'll tell you one thing. If he continues the tactics that he used in the league, i.e. that puck out where, uh, you know, the goalie sticks his hands up in the air and they all run into the other side of the field, all that. If he continues doing the same stuff that he's been doing, he'll be a foolish boy. Because if, if you know, like, do we, you'd be stupid to think that John Kiley, Paul Canurk, Shania Donald won't have uh, come up with a, with a plan for the stuff that they've been doing. He needs to come to something. He needs to bring something to the table totally different uh, but I think he's going to do that. I, I can just, I'm actually, do you know what? If there, if Liverpool playing Tipperary, Clare, um, you know, Cork, anybody else, I'd be saying, I just think Liverpool win. You know, I still do think Liverpool win, but I'm intrigued because I just think it's going to be a mad game of Ireland. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with you. Like he's, um, as you know, having watched Wexford for the last few years, he's, um, he's not afraid to make Interesting positional choices, Rory, and and we've seen you're that already. You're going to have Tiger Burke full forward and Desi Hutchinson full right. back. <laughs> How do you just looks at, looks at the personnel he has at his disposal, Rory, and says, "Just play them where they should play. They're fantastic hurlers and give give them a chance." But at the same time, there's lots of counties that have fantastic hurlers, Rory, and they play them where they should play them. And in the last year or two, Limerick or three or four, Limerick have been mowing them down. So maybe it does take a bit of sideways thinking. Well, yeah, yes, but if you look at traditionally how he sets his teams up, it's quite defensive. He tries to, you know, play that sweeper system or certainly pack. He gets a few bodies back, makes the middle third uh, as much of a a war zone as he possibly can and then tries to pick scores off from distance. They didn't create a whole pile of goal scoring opportunities right throughout the league. I don't see that changing on Sunday where I think the reality for me, if anybody has any chance whatsoever of taking Limerick down, they're going to need to score three and maybe even four goals and just have a freakish day. So, but but to Shane's point, this could be bonkers. Like he's suspended, isn't he? Is Davies suspended? I think he is. I think Davey's suspended. I think he I, did. Did he get? Did he not in the in the last game of the league? Did he not get a? I I so oh, I I, did, I I haven't heard that. Could, could be wrong. now that he might have a touchline ban, which I think will actually take from the pageantry I around. Mean, the, I hope he yeah, yeah, to a certain extent. But I, look, I I I just I just think with the way the way Limerick will play won't change and if you go out and you set yourself up in the way that Waterford traditionally have and certainly the way Davey likes his teams too Limerick will just pick pick you off from distance and then you if they if they're struggling on that front and if they're struggling to get good balls off sure then they'll just fire a couple into Aaron Galan and away we go we're off to the races 
it, it's it's a very difficult puzzle to solve. I can't see Davy doing it. Certainly not in year one. And I don't I, think I don't but, think he's a touchline ban, Roy. But if he does, there's a box down in Wexford. They can ship it up to Semple Stadium yeah, for yeah, no matter. Yeah. But um, <laughs> it like this is such a mad game, right? In the, and I think Shane is spot on. This could be a twelve point hiding, or a one point, you know, a cliffhanger. You just don't know. But if it's a, the, the risk I'd have here, right, is, is two things there you said is year one. I don't buy this year one, right, because he's mm. not going to be a team with a crowd of young lads that he's need to build up into. A, he's going into a team that are ready made for him, right? So if he, even internally, if he's going on about year one, I, I just think it's a cop on myself. He's got players there ready to go. Uh, the second thing I'll say is that I do think he's going to come up with something mad, right? And I do think the players will buy into it because generally that's what players do, right? If it goes wrong, or if it goes badly wrong, and they do end up getting a bit of a hiding, you'd be very surprised how quick things could turn internally then as well. Well, it's a very difficult turnaround as well, because they've got to go to Parky Cueve the following week, you know, with a Cork team that has been sort of wrapped up in cotton wool for the last few weeks and might be chomping at the bit. And all of a sudden, your season's on the line in the space of six days. Mm, very true. Um, looking at Limerick and Shane, um, there's very little to to worry one i would think of a of a green persuasion there's and you you'd have to take Kerry errorism to a whole new level if you were going to do that shane and that's not your style you know that uh, i'm more interested just your own perspective as a man who played inside forward for john kiley the evolution of the game is fascinating and I, it was an extreme case but it still so happened that aaron glan went 46 minutes to the league final without touching the ball from open play like it is it, it's striking how Limerick are playing the game and I'm just wondering how you would have enjoyed that and adapted to it if you were still playing yeah I certainly wouldn't have been the man uh, on my own inside anyway uh, <laughs> Mikey, that, that, that wouldn't have been my game uh, when I was probably inside it was more one job and get it done it's happening but the less it off me but uh, listen there's in fairness to Aaron the one thing I'd say is that he does that role very well or he can be isolated inside uh, and when you fire the ball in generally it sticks and may, no score may come off it uh, but they generally make it stick. Uh, but they do, they're definitely playing a different, a small bit different than when I was in there. Uh, they're, they're hand passing a lot more. They're striking from distance a lot more. Um, but to be fair, what I will say is, like when when when, when they do that, uh, when, they, when they do leave them isolated inside, there's a huge amount of space, right? They, they create a huge amount of space, but they always leave one deep. The problem I see with other teams is they don't leave someone deep. They fall into that trap, right? But then I'm beginning to think maybe it's impossible to leave someone deep because now you're chasing my case up the field. Now you're chasing Barry Nash up the field. So I'm saying, why aren't teams just leaving somebody in really deep that they have an out ball every time? And then I'm saying, maybe it's actually quite hard because they're running up the field after someone. So, listen, like, obviously, Limerick are, they are what they are, right? I'm not going through the carryism, as you said, it's not my style. It's very hard to see them being turned over. Uh, this weekend, anyway, so there's no point looking forward for now. Um, the one thing I'd say, though, is that, and, and it's hard for me as a Limerick person, all the players, whatever else, is that. It's never been frustrating watching them saying, why are teams doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results? Like, I was down to the league finals. I know it was Derek Ling's first year, et cetera, et cetera. But, I mean, I was looking saying, like, this is bonkers stuff. Like, mm -hmm. So, the one thing I'm looking forward to the weekend is, what is... What a new kind of bonkers. <laughs> what, a, what a Waterford going to bring 
that's going to just do something different. Even if they, if they come with something mad and Limerick have to adapt and do something different and still win, so be it. No matter what Davy brings, nobody's expecting them to win. But if they if they say, here you go, Barry Nash from Nicky Quaid, take the puck out and we're going to do something else, you're wasting your time, right? So if, if, if they continue to do that, forget about it. You need somebody to do some, something different. I was on with Joe Canning a couple of times. He's a firm believer to go man-on-man. Personally, I wouldn't agree with it, but... The last time a team done it was Cork in the 2021 Ireland final, and we saw what happened to them in the first half. But I definitely think if you do it in Munster Championship with a team that's so wound up, maybe it might work. I, I don't think it will. My point is they have to come with something different. Yeah. Roy, do you think John Kiley knows his first 15 right now? I think he does. I think he does. I, I'd say what they've been doing internally would give him a fairly good indication. <laughs> it's just, it's incredible, actually. I mean, I think he does. I think the rest of us have a clue because they have so much. They have such a wealth of options. Like, pick their half forward line, Shane. Well, I'd imagine it'd be Garo, Tom, and uh, Garo, Keen, and Tom. But um, and then you'd have Darren William in the middle of the field, isn't it? That's I don't see yeah. any reason. Without. You don't see any change there. I don't see any change. No, no. The one person that that, that could be hard on my, I thought Cahill O'Neill has been fantastic. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah, yeah. So he could go like after, like I don't even positions, not right positions anymore. He yeah. could go. He could be number thirteen and be brought out to field. Uh, the other thing that's going to be interesting too is that Shane O'Brien and Adam English, who played very well in the early parts of the league, have been hindered in playing the the last remaining league games because of the twenty championship. Number yeah. twenty play tomorrow night. Uh, is Shane and Adam going to be playing with them or not? It is the most. Oh, I've I done a piece the other day about the rules that, that what the GA have done over the last 12 or 24 months in relation. Some of the stuff that they've come out with is just so bloody stupid. And this is just another... And I actually didn't even... I actually forgot to put in this, this piece. Right? Why is... Why would you try and stop lads and playing senior or... Uh, no, should they be playing Friday and Sunday? Obviously not. But Jesus, surely something else can be done. Anyway, that's another day. So their options... I probably think they'll play out the 20s. But don't tell me Shane O'Brien couldn't win there 20 minutes to go and hold us on. Exactly, yeah, and even in their full back line, like what do we see the full back line lining up as? Sure. Because it's kind of four into three there as well, is it, Shane? It is your spot on, yeah. So, it, like, obviously, Sean Finn will be one corner, Barry Nash will be will, the other. Yeah. The dun- then- Sean Finn in his dungeon, as Jackie says. <laughs> <laughs> I'd imagine it's a battle between uh, between Mike Casey and Dan Morrissey, so. Yeah. Good luck, John Kylie deciding yeah. there. Huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But sometimes, yeah. sometimes as a manager, you, you like you're probably going up to drop somebody, and you're actually saying you've done nothing wrong. Yeah, that's, 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 the, that's a hard conversation, isn't it? Uh, I'd actually say nearly times it can be easier because you're just going up, putting your hand up, and saying, "Listen, we're going with X uh, because we just believe that you it know." It's a toss of a kind, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, and and, and look, in the grand scheme of things. It's a very good problem to have. So, you know, oh, yeah. that, uh, but it is, it is still, that's suppose that's why he's the manager. You know, he has to make those decisions and he'll, I'm sure he'll make a, a very informed decision as best he can. But as you say, Shane, he can be as informed as he wants, but it could be a toss of the coin at the end of the day almost. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, okay. but what, one of the narratives that's around, and I'd be interested in Shane's view on this as well, Mike, Mikey, is that the entire championship and Munster and the All Ireland is a foregone conclusion. Limerick are the hottest and raging hottest of favourites. But I don't buy that the whole thing is just the sign sealed and done done and dusted. Sure, we might as well pack up and it, it, it isn't. Leave it. I, I, and you, you just don't know what could happen. Teams will struggle to get up to their level. That's a given. And I would be of the very strong view if you go back through the traditions of GAA, 
generally speaking, even going back to the Kerry team of the 70s, 80s, the Kilkenny team of the noughties, Dublin, obviously, in the last 10 years, it generally isn't the case that teams get up to a dominant team's level. What invariably ends up happening is the team wilts over time and falls back to the pack. Now, that might not happen this year and it may not happen next year, but it like it won't go on forever. And I definitely do think that the, the other teams, particularly in Munster and Kilkenny Galway, will give Limerick plenty to think about. And Shane, it's like Limerick are yet to go to, to like, despite all their dominance, they haven't managed a 100% record in a Munster Championship yet. So like to say the whole thing's a foregone conclusion is we're not asking you for any yearism here, but it, it yeah, is a sure. foolish thing how, to look say. How, look, how Claire, look, how, look how close Clare ran Limerick on a couple of occasions last year, you know? Yeah. So you've something so to play for, Shane. <laughs> I, I I can't say that, Mikey. I can't say it's not a foregone conclusion because then I'm only thinking yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, you're, you're in a tight spot here. <laughs> Listen, I... I, I I, I just think I, I think the reason Limerick are so down is because they're very good. Uh, I just question where team where other teams are at, uh, what they've done differently in the last six months to take them down. Um, you know, have they done stuff that you know that that has really taken them out of their comfort zone, or have they just come back training with an SNC and a coach and video analysis and nutritionist like every other team has in the hope that they turn up in good condition and beat Limerick? If that has been the case, that's why I think teams will struggle. But in Waterford's situation, so can you imagine David come up with something mad, right? Limerick couldn't get into flow and they lost on Sunday. Now they're playing Clare in the Gaelic Crowns. Can you imagine Brian Law and that Clare team? We beat the show and next thing they're out of the championship. Do you know what I mean? So it could be, it could be, it could, that could happen. I don't see it, but it could. Yeah. So we're, we're saying the Limerick win here, lads. Yeah, I think despite Davies' mad hurling chemistry, we, we, we do think that Limerick are going to win, yeah? Not at this, they won't be losing this game on Sunday, but it could be like, it's just, it's, it's, it's a, it is a bonkers type of a fixture and anything could happen. Yeah. Okay. Uh, moving on then to the, the slightly more traditional fair. <laughs> um, that we have on offer at four o'clock uh, in Ennis, uh, Claire V tip. Um, the biggest game of the weekend. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think that's a fair, th- well, Galway Kenny's pretty big game, but probably a little bit less jeopardy given where those teams stand against their Leinster rivals. Shane, um, I, I said I, I said this to someone during the week. Clare have been quite quiet this year. There's been no dramas. There's been, you know, as you said, they've had a few weeks off. Everyone seems to be fit. Shane O'Donnell has seamlessly just returned after taking the league off, and it seems it seems very kind of calm there. And maybe that's and to me, I think that suits them. Um, you know, there's been a lot of a fair bit of drama around the last few years. There doesn't seem to be any um, drama and drama and Claire. Yeah, outside Dave Fitzgerald missing the game is kind of the only kind of speed bump, and it's a significant speed bump. But Claire to me seem like a team who are dangerously quietly motoring along. Personally, I think that's the worst way it could be. I think they have to prefer a chip on their shoulder and going out with pints to prove, but. Anyway, Say something mean about them there, Shane. I, know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I tell you, there's plenty of fair people waiting for the next five minutes. So just to, just to yeah, yeah. Here he comes. Yeah. Here he comes. <laughs> two years in a row then for it to be my fault. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah, listen, massive game. I'd agree with your biggest game of the weekend. Uh, again, I, I know fair people probably shrug their shoulders. I, I, I can see it, at, if you want to call it a turnover here, um, with, with Tipperary going down there, taking a big one. For for a very simple reason of I said it last year when um, I said it the last couple of years. I think Liam Cahill and Mikey Beavens are the second best 
management team that are out there. Uh, I judge that on what I've seen with them doing Waterford. I don't care about the last four weeks of last last year of Waterford, right? Uh, I've seen enough in the previous two and three quarter years of what they've done and put them in a really strong position. They would like, I know it's it's easy to say, but they would have won in All Ireland if it wasn't for the, an exceptional Limerick team. Let's be honest about it, right? Um, I believe anyway. And look at what he's done with Tipperary so far this year. He's just brought them to a level. They, they, they were at, you know, a, a mediocre level last year. He's brought them to a phenomenal level this year. But, but underneath it all, there is a burning desire for Liam Cahill to walk out at the end of this Monster Championship, give the two fingers to many people and say, I didn't get it wrong last year. It wasn't my fault by having Watford so wound up for the league. He done the same with Tipperary this year. Did a fantastic, you know, 30 minutes against Limerick and then you know they still did okay all things considered right um, but I definitely think he has kept something in reserve for himself and for the group for the Monster Championship and I base that on Liam Cal is not a calm individual he'd be no different to John um, probably different to Davey but no different to John or Derek Ling or any of the lads uh, where they get you know a bit wound up uh, and I thought Liam Cal was very sophisticated on the sideline this year in the league I definitely think he's kept something in reserve in the hope to pull Tipperary out of Munster, which would be a massive result for him. They they have it, it is Roy Tipperary's kind of uh, resurgence is a strong word. They had they had one particularly bad year last year, and there's plenty of reasons for that. Um, but like he has, you know, he's managed to blood a lot of new players. He's experimented with lads in new positions, and he has clearly recognised one way to beat Limerick perhaps or to beat any team I guess in modern hurling is to score a lot of bloody goals and he's kind of built a team around that and, but as Shane says that may not be the be all and end all for Liam Cahill he may have something else up his sleeve which is an interesting and exciting prospect Yeah I think Shane is absolutely spot on in relation to a management team I think very very smart fella I mean if you even go back to when he was over the Tipperary under 20s like they beat Cork in a Munster final, or sorry, in an All-Ireland final. Uh, 2018, maybe, 2019. 2019, and like this was a star-studded Cork team. This was a Cork team dripping with lads who obviously went on and subsequently went up into the Cork senior team. And not too many of that Tipperary team have graduated yet, having gotten a 20 or 25-point beating in the Munster round robin, managed to turn it around in an All-Ireland final, which gives you an indication of the credentials and how much he can learn on the hoof. I think you're looking at the way he's managed to revitalise the team very, very quickly. We did an interview with him actually in advance to the All-Ireland final in 2020, the COVID final, which was an odd one actually, because nobody was allowed out and you were driving roads of Ireland with, it's like ghost towns, I'll never forget it, Jesus, who wants to go back there? But um, I, I was very struck by him. I think the minute he walked into the room, uh, sometimes some guys, when they do walk into a room, you can just feel there's an air of authority here. There's an air of respect. He's also quite honest in the same way that John Kiley is as well. I like that in a manager. I don't think they sugarcoat things. They do give generally honest assessments before and after games in his interviews. And, to his uh, players as well, by all accounts. Yeah, you know, I, I, I think that's, that's to be commended. Uh, but I think that, probably speaks as well to his ability to get a panel and a play a, a bunch of a bunch of players on site to buy into what he's trying to do i'd imagine but Be bevan's coaching is top class they will be primed for this and uh yeah i agree with shane this is going to be 
fire and brimstone really really competitive and um yeah i think they could go down there and turn claire over i do where do what i haven't seen just in recent years in fairness there was a bit in the claire limerick monster final last year now as well right i would say but just like this is Tipperary Clare, arguably nobody can really call the winner down in Ennis. Like, like, are we going to see what I grew up and I'm obviously that you know not that old, but you know where where teams would like there'd be row, arguments, rows, you know, brawls, fellas really wanting to show how much it how, how much that it means to people to win. I just haven't seen it in recent years in most championships, nearly because there is a even if we do lose, we still have another chance mm-hmm. to some degree. Like. If, if I'm a Tipperary or a Clare player this weekend, Jesus, like, you know, this, this should be, you, you, should, you should be playing this game as if it's the, the you know, you're losing, you're out. And I think both, I'm no doubt that you'll see from the management, but on field as well, obviously you, you've got to be careful that. But I just, I haven't seen maybe at times from, from teams in recent years, how much it really means to be in the Munster Championship and to win. Obviously you do that by the scoreboard, but even at times things things should boil over. If you're so wound up because it's Munster Championship, early on at least anyway, things should boil over. I haven't seen it in recent years. Maybe there's a small bit of a tradition that's coming out of me as well, but uh, you know, it's a massive, massive game, especially the fact that like real, real, realistically, with no great authority, nobody could really call the winner thinking that they're 100% right. Yeah, yeah, and and the other thing as well, Mikey, the the way the fixtures are set up for Clare this year, it's quite tricky. I mean, they have Tipperary at home; they lose that, they've got to go into the Gaelic grounds the following week. Where, let's be honest, people won't give them much of a chance of you know, look, they'll give themselves a chance, I'm sure. But and and the fact that the way the bye weeks have are working in Munster as a result of um as a result of five teams, just a timetable. Uh, of fixtures is going to pose another problem for them and I think that's what probably feeds into how important this game is on Sunday because if they lose on Sunday they're immediately on the back foot with a glut of games coming and potentially with injury suspensions and all of that that goes with it and then you're into absolute must win scenario heading to the Gaelic grounds good luck with that one (laughs) yeah Um, where do you see this being won and lost then Shane because I look at the Tipperary forwards I've discussed and like, you know, they're very, uh, they're goal orientated in Jake Morris, Jason Ford, obviously, you know, you've got a couple of big scorers, big men, but like their defense has kind of been overhauled as well. Mikey, Mikey Breen going in at full back and, you know, Dan McCormick running, like they're a big, big, strong, powerful team, Tipperary, but then you look at the Clare forwards and they're no, they're no, um, you know, wilting violets either. So it's, um, it could be, where, where would you focus on when you're looking at where this is going to be won and lost? So I, I think definitely if you were looking at Waterford over the last couple of years, the one thing that they obviously had a huge emphasis on was goals and they did score a lot of goals. Uh, struggled a bit against Limerick and actually obviously Tipperary struggled a bit against Limerick as well in the league semi-final to get goals. But in saying that, but I love, and I've seen I've, I just, I've seen trends. So that's the beauty of maybe working working on the Sunday nights, whatever, that you get to really look deep into the analysis, right? And I've seen trends with Waterford where they get a ball 40 yards out, the easy score is on, but they see green grass and they run, they go for goal. Uh, Tipperary did the same this year against Waterford in the in the, the last league game, was it or second last league game, whatever it was, right? And they got goals where most other teams would have put them over the bar. Point is, when they get a sniff of an opportunity, they've obviously been trained and coached to go for it, right? They do create opportunities. Yes, it hasn't happened against Limerick, but they're not playing Limerick this weekend, so forget about that. So I definitely think they're going to go after that. The second thing is, 
and it's a stupid word. It's not a stupid word, like work rate, right? Oh, yeah, everyone does it, and we all have it hanging on the boards in the dressing room. I'm sure we all know what work rate means. But I'd actually ask the question, do people really know what it means? Uh, I listened to an interview uh, with Jim McGuinness, a number of weeks, a podcast, I mean, with Jim McGuinness, right? And he gave, it was, it was absolutely brilliant. It was on the Examiner pod, uh, and I would I recommend anybody to listen to it, right? And he basically said, like, most teams are oper- operating at 80, 80, 80, 85%. They think they're going as hard as they can. They're saying they're going as hard as they can. But are they really? The one thing I'd say about Tipperary is I'd say they're going as hard as they can. I think I've seen a, a massive work ethic out of them from all over the field, but mainly their forwards, which is really important. Uh, and I think that Liam Cahill and Mikey Bevins have really instilled that in the Tipperary group. Uh, and that's why where I think it'll be one and last come back to is yes, I think they'll get goals. But the second thing is I think Claire could struggle to get quality ball inside just because of the ferocity of where Tipperary have been playing at this year. Okay. Rory, you know, there's a lot of talk about the Clare forwards, you know, like Aidan McCarthy, Shea O'Donnell coming back, you know, Tony Kelly remaining, Tony Kelly. Um, Do you think that, that, not that the struggle for scores, but if it were to turn into a bit of a shootout, do you think that, that, you know, do the Tipperary forwards trump Clare at the moment or how would you see it? Yeah, I'd say, look, I think they're very evenly matched. Yeah, on both sides of the fence in terms of, like, I mean, is, is Shami Cal still injured? Don't see him necessarily making no, it back. I think he was gone, really. No. So I would say they're probably fairly evenly matched. I just think Shane's point, again, spot on. It's just a work rate that Tipperary will bring. The fact that they will probably go for goals. Now, the last time they went down there, they did win. And I know that that, you know, like they do have a good home record in fairness to Clare in, in Cusick Park. So I'm sure that'll be something that they'll want to defend in some way, give themselves the best options, the best chance, I suppose, of being in that tree to get out of Munster. But <clears throat> um, it's it's a really hard game to call. Really, really hard. Well, you both seem to be leaning towards tip, are you? I think so. Yeah, I just, I, I, yeah, I think. It, here's what I would say. These are two of the teams in Munster that are best disposed to actually putting it up to Limerick in a real way. And whoever comes out on top on Sunday, I think will go into whatever game, whenever, at whatever round they're playing Limerick, I think we'll, we'll, we'll get a really good sense of what kind of an All-Ireland Championship we're going to have then. Okay. And Shane, you think, you think Tip could do it, yeah? Yeah, narrowly, yeah. Okay, uh, I'm gonna stick with Claire. As I said, the lack of drama. I think I, I think it might suit them. I I, I do think it's been too much not, of soap opera down there. You're, you're not on the podcast on Monday. If yeah, I don't have to explain anyway, myself. So. I don't have to explain. I don't have to. I don't have to show my workings. Um, okay, moving to Leinster. Um, I think we can assume, even if Billy Drennan is injured, that Kilkenny will get over Westmeath. It's a big blow, though. That's a big blow. It That's is a big th- blow. Th- that yeah. word coming out. It means TJ gets to take the freeze. It saves Derek Ling an awkward conversation. <laughs> um, Antrim and Dublin, briefly. Um, if Wexford's league form carries into the championship, Shane, I'm afraid to say that you could be looking at Antrim versus Dublin could be almost a playoff between the third and fourth best teams. <laughs> you know, you never know. You, know, you could be looking at one of those two taking the third spot in Leinster. Um, it's in Corrigan Park. Both teams had reasonable leagues. Antrim was probably better because maybe expectations were a little bit lower. How do you see this one going? 
Do you know, it was this time last year I actually tipped up Antrim to beat Dublin in the back of their league form uh, and they were disappointing, right? They were disappointing. And Dublin were good in fairness, right? They, they, they beat them by eight or nine points for a finish. Uh, I'm going to go with Antrim again this year. I, I think, like, Antrim are sick of these moral, you know, these moral defeats now, like, you know, you've done well and just unlucky. Like, like, don't underestimate Corrigan Park. Like, it is an absolute mad old spot, right? Uh, and it's very hard to go up there and get a win. And, like, Dublin this year, like Mihal who smashing fella, very clever guy. Uh, their league performances haven't inspired me, but again, what do you read into that? But like, it's about time now. Antrim are well capable of, of getting one over here, right? And I'm saying, if Kilkenny went up there in the morning, if Wexford went up there in the morning, like, you know, I, I, I wouldn't be, it shouldn't be the massive, massive shock if it was to happen. And I think it's up to Antrim now where they are mentally, you know, where Darren Gleeson is with them. They shouldn't be going in as massive underdogs to this in their own minds. You know, they've had a fantastic league. They're 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 able to, to perform against the big teams up there. They should want to be able to take a scalp this weekend. And and if, if I turned around and I saw the Andrew Mumbai two or three points, for me, it wouldn't be the ba- uh, the biggest of shocks. But for them themselves, you know, they've, they've they've had good leagues for the last couple of years. They need to get one in the championship now. Yeah. Rory, you would uh Imagine you, you, I think you fancy Dublin to get a job yeah. done here, do you? I do. I Donald just, Burke's Dublin. I, the, well, that's 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 exactly the point <laughs> I was going to make. Just the first thing to say though, Corrigan Park and Shane mentioned um, how mad the place is. I was up there, I think it was it last year. Cork, Cork actually ended up going up there, I think, in a first round qualifier. Was it was yeah. that last year? Well, I think it was, yeah. And um, I think it was last year, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was uh, it's a it is an interesting venue, that's that's for sure. It's very open. You're kind of feel like you're slightly high up. It's always windy. It like it may as well be like Salt Hill insofar as its exposure. And I think there's a little bit of a slope on the on the pitch as well at one corner, so um, it will obviously play to Antrim's advantage because I'd imagine they probably do a good bit of their training there as well. But I just think if you kind of boil it down to like have have Antrim a forward of the class of Donald Burke, I would say no. And have they a defender of the class of Owen O'Donnell? I would say no. And I think when you've got two anchor tenants on either side of the field, that will give you a chance when you're playing a team that's trying to make that breakthrough because they'll have the experience, they'll have the know-how, and they also have the hurling, obviously. So I don't necessarily, in fact, what I'd probably go so far as to say is the three teams that I think will win this weekend will be the three teams that will come out of Leinster. And... Yeah, I think that. Who are they, um, who are they, Rory? I think Dub- uh, Dublin, Galway, Kilkenny. I think the three of them will win, and I think they'll be the three that will come out of Leinster. Apologies, Mikey. This is this is it. You see, he's angry with me for leaving the podcast, and this is this <laughs> get the boot in. I'm getting the boot in before you go. I've, I've done horribly. <laughs> I can't really disagree with you. I don't know why I've left Wexford versus Galway to be the last match I discuss on the podcast, but that's. That's what I've done. Ah, I remember it like it was yesterday, the last time Wexford beat Galway in the Championship, that All-Ireland semi-final in 1996. Mm. <laughs> did, didn't Wexford under Davey go up to Salt Hill a couple of years ago in maybe the first or the second year of the round robin and get a draw? Yes. Now, it was a very, now it was a very different Wexford at that time. I think it was might have been quite low scoring as well. Was it maybe 19 points apiece just off the top of my head now? But, I, I, you know, look, they're not going up there without hope, but... Jenny, oh. I mean, <laughs> it's the hope, maybe they are. the hope ain't weighing us down either. I'll tell you that. Shane, um, Shane Wexford being without uh, Matthew Hanlon and um, and Damien Reck is huge. Obviously, Galway are missing Davy Burke, but let's be fair, Galway's resources are a little bit deeper than Wexford at the moment, aren't they? 
just go back to that game where Wexford played to Brary in a challenge match a couple of weeks ago. Mm. Do you know what the score was in that game? Did I, think oh. I, did I read that right? It wasn't bad. close. It wasn't yeah, close. Yeah, Brary won well, didn't they? Like yeah, they did, yeah. It'll be one thing in the league, right? And you could say, right, the league was the league, whatever. Now we're playing a really pre-championship uh, challenge game that we really need to go after. Then they got a bit of a hide. I thought I saw the score. I, was, I think it was about 20 points, Shane. Yeah. Right it was big. Point. It was big, yeah. So, listen, on all, like, I said it a couple, when, when uh, who was it hammered? Claire hammered Wexford down they in Westford, right? And my point after that was, like, we can all lose by eight or nine or ten points. But when you can see it was six goals and they were, they were hammered, I just wonder, is everything is everything rosy there? That, that, that was my point back then. Then they wimpled out of the league. They got a hiding in a challenge match. Confidence can't behind that group. Now, if they turn around, more power to them. But it's, it's impossible to see. They've yeah. had a couple of really good under-20 victories there over the last few years, Mikey. And you, we all know George O'Connor and a, a few key Wexford people and Liam Griffin started a, a few different initiatives to try and push hurling and get hurling going where there was street hurling and, you know, to try and re- lift Wexford out of uh, the slump that they were in, we'll say, maybe 10 or 15 years ago. And it reaped big rewards in and around the likes of the Conor McDonalds and all of these players that did come through. Has that stalled in some way? I don't know if it's stalled. I, I, I just, for whatever reason, Wexford have never had a massive pick of players. It's There's never been a situation like, yeah, there's plenty of clubs. Maybe it's partly to do with it being a dual county, but I've never known a Wexford panel where you said there was, Jesus, it doesn't matter who drops out, there's somebody else to come in for them. That's That's never been the case. Wexford have often had a strong 15, 16, 17 players. Mm. Um, but I've been pretty reliant on that. You go back to 1996 as a case in point. Um, there's just too many players injured at the moment. There's too many key players who are missing. Uh, the panel's too light. And like these, the, the youth that's coming through isn't at the same level as... like you just Matthew Hanlon and Liam Ryan and Damien Reck are injured. Like That's, that's half your defence and it's the strongest half of your defence. Some counties can absorb kind of that, that level of injury and bad luck. Wexford Cat is basically mm. it, you know? Mm. Which brings us to Galway, I suppose, Shane, and the fact that Henry Shefflin has made a point in his first two years of, geez, I think if I was a Galway man, I might have got a game for Galway at this stage. You know, like he has, he's, you know, he is, he has, he's left no stone unturned. It seems he's given everybody a go. Do you think he's uncovered any genuine championship starters this year that are going to be pushing for that first fifteen who weren't there last year? My, my honest answer is I don't know. If you would, if I had to sit down and pick a Galway team in the morning on, on the basis of knowing maybe 25 players, I wouldn't have a clue, right? I don't think anybody has a clue. Uh, and I think, in fairness, I think the only team that I would maybe cut a bit of slack for in the league outside of Limerick and possibly Bray would be Galway because I think Henry knows he's got a group there that are capable of winning an All-Ireland. Uh, so the league for him, he really just wanted to try find... If, if he only found two players... For, uh, in the league I think it would have been a massive achievement for him uh, I don't think he cared about it uh, I thought they were quite poor in it but as I said I think there was reasons for that um, I definitely think he, he he has to surely have found it just two right I'm saying two maybe three players if he's found them that can be enough to have a good strong 15 and to have three or four lads on, on, on the bench as well so I don't know what he's found I don't know who's going to start but I definitely think he has a team there that is the strongest to go after honours this year, even though we haven't seen in the league. 
one one interesting thing though with with Henry, this is obviously his second year, so it'll be. And I think these are little subplot stories all over the shop that I'm really looking forward to. Obviously, Davy will be taking on Clare. Now, that's not the first time that he's come up against his own county, given the fact that he was with Wexford and Waterford before. But um, you've got Liam Cahill and when Tipperary play Waterford. And I think what will be very interesting will be Henry on the sideline in Nolan Park with a Galway bib on him. You know, I think that'll be quite the uh, sight and the reception. The handshake might be a bit more straightforward, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You'd imagine yeah, the handshake, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, it, Rory, do you think there's anything in the fact that Henry Shepard, he's been, maybe it's different at local level, but at national level, I think he's been able to operate under under the radar a little bit, simply because Galway is one, a true, true dual county. And at the moment, the footballers are probably garnering quite a lot of the headlines and quite a lot of the attention given how well they are going. And the fact that they've all, you know, they've they've also got a, a high profile match at the weekend. I, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the... Uh, local level it's the same focus on the Galway hurlers as ever but I, I get the impression like almost a bit like Claire we don't we haven't heard or seen a whole lot of Shefflin and Galway this year like it's not like they've they haven't kind of broken into the public consciousness I feel just yet no and they didn't make the league semi-finals and I think that probably suited them to a degree as well where they could go off and maybe you know get really I suppose get ready ahead of championship. I think Henry's always kind of kept a reasonably low profile. I mean, he's a very serious individual, a pure winner, a pure winner. I mean, we saw last year how gutted he was where he was nearly pushing the camera away after um, they got beaten by Kilkenny in the Leinster final. And we saw the how crushed he looked after the, the All-Ireland semi-final against Limerick. And I think from his point of view, he's very much, he's not, a, he's not driving up and down the road to Galway, you know, wasting his time like he's in there to win and I think they they, they like they will they, I'd fancy them to win Leinster and to be in an All-Ireland semi-final that, which means the chances are they'll avoid Limerick uh, uh, on the other side if that's how we all see that playing out but um, ju- the only thing for me with them was look Joe going is a big blow fair enough have they found one or two forwards that just might give them that little bit of an edge up front. They're still dependent on Conor Whelan to do most of their ball winning for them. Um, no, what a player to have to do that. Like he's um, got similarities to Aaron, Aaron Galan in many ways. But um, I, I, if if they could add maybe just a small bit more up front, I think defensively they're they're as good as anybody out there. I mean, the likes of Jack Grealish, Dahi Burke, you know, uh, the Mannions. I just think maybe up front they have to maybe just add a couple of more strings to the ball, and yeah, Galway are going to be super competitive, lads. Yeah, that 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 does seem to be the one hesitancy, Shane. I think about Galway is, you know, n- not Joe Canning. Like he's gone long enough. <laughs> we don't need yeah. to keep, but it is that scoring forward. Like people are kind of saying, Evan Nyland needs to put his hand up and you know contribute more from open play. Like, and you've got I suppose Connor Cooney's get uh, scores a fair amount, but. They don't seem to have. Maybe they've. Maybe they've got a better spread of scores, and maybe that kind of ha- is kind of hidden. Or, or do you think actually saying they've a better spread of scores is a way of saying they don't have one dominant score? Uh, one name you haven't mentioned there is Colin Mannion. I think he's. Yeah. I'd have him in 
I've serious regard for him as a hurler now. I I I think they have the hurlers. They just haven't been uh, up up top. And when they're all there, they just haven't been consistent. I mean, Conor Cooney can absolutely score eight points and play someday, and then the next day it just might might be that consistent. So I, yeah. I hope he's like that so on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately for Galway, yes, Joe's gone long enough. If you want to say it, even though he's not really, and he's still going to be the tip of very good tongue for the next couple of years. Oh, they've no Joe Canning. They need to forget about that now. They need. Yeah. I'm not saying create their own Joe. That's Somebody, what I mean. I don't mean he's. I'm not trying to dismiss him. I'm just saying you can't you can't lean on that crutch for. Yeah. There's only so long you can lean on that. You know. Yeah. Okay. So we're all saying a Wexford win then, yeah? No. Right, no. <laughs> no. Not. Unfortunately, not. A home advantage will count on that one as well, and I think Galway will win. Pulling yeah. up, unfortunately, Mikey. I, I look. I'm, I'm, I'm not deluded. Uh, well, I am sometimes, but not today. Mm-hmm. So listen, um, we'll leave it at that. Just to give you a run through of where the games can can be watched, because a lot of games are available on GA Go. Sligo, New York is on Diego, 2.30 on Saturday. Kerry Tipperary is at 4pm on Diego. Kavanagh Maz at 6.30 on Diego. So all the game, there's there's three games live on Saturday on Diego. Um, obviously that uh, Ulster game is also on um, BBC. Uh, Sunday then, Roscommon Galway is on RT2 at 4 o'clock. Uh, Leash Dublin's on Diego at 3.30. And in the Hurland, Watford Limerick is on RT2 and the player at 2 o'clock. And Claire Tipperary is on Diego. So as you could um, just... Um, it's a full-time job watching all these matches. Yes, you could just uh, vegetate. <laughs> Hopefully my ankle won't recover in time for this half marathon on Saturday, Sunday and I'll be able to watch them as well. So we'll see. Uh, listen, just to say thank you to Shane and earlier to Eamon and to Rory. And um, Rory will be back on Monday with Jackie Hurley the Jackie Hurley and uh, sure I'll probably pop up at some stage in the future anyway so thank you and good luck and we'll talk to you later we earned it by winning the last two matches on the road and that's not going to be taken away from us what I love in Hurling I love players that will never give in he hits it he hits it it's over the bar oh holy Moses